0: All right, we are on, and I've got Stephanie back with us. How are you, Stephanie?
1: Good, Don. How are you doing?
0: Good. Good, good, good. So, you know, I know that you're about two or three generations away from what I'm about to talk about, <laughs> but I'm going to torture you anyways. Uh, are you a Beatle fan?
1: I am aware of their music. I'm okay. not a huge fan of some other people in the office, Yeah, but yes, yes. Okay, I understand that they're very talented in great music, and...
0: That's all you have to say about the Beatles. (laughs) They're very talented and great music. Okay, maybe I shouldn't bring this up. (laughs) Well, there's this thing that's called, now it's uh, Get Back. Have you heard of it? It's on Disney Channel? No. Okay, so I I am definitely going to have to get somebody in the office on this podcast to talk about this. I'm actually thinking about maybe doing a uh, a MCLE, you know, Mandatory uh, Continuing Education for Attorneys. Somehow fit it into (laughs) family law or, or the practice of law and stuff like that. But if you get a chance... Watch the documentary on Disney Channel because there's so much to learn by watching the Beatles uh, collaborate, mm-hmm. and and we're talking about the year 1969. It's a it's a film that that was produced by Peter Jackson. He took some old footage and some old audio, and he put together this three part series. And you if you really pay attention, mm-hmm. you're at the seat of your the edge of your seat watching this stuff, man. And it, there's a story behind it. And uh, I think the most important thing, though. Uh, as it pertains to you and me and everybody else in this office is uh, leadership, which I think that you're a leader, and also uh, the way that people create and collaborate with one another fascinating. You know, uh, you know, we I think we try to make things too complicated in life. Uh, the Beatles knew how to play. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you, you see hours of these guys just jamming and. and uh, just being goofy and stuff and also the ideas pop in their head and stuff, you know. And I, I think that when we write briefs, uh, preparing our arguments, strategizing how we're going to win a case, you know, we have to loosen up a little bit, mm. you know, and, and let those creative juices flow and not get so hell bent on the fact that, you know, we can't all do it on one sitting. Because right. what the what the thing shows is that over a period of like twenty eight days, these guys have they're tasked with having to prepare and produce 14 different new songs. In
1: 28 days? Yeah. Wow.
0: And and they're like dragging when they come on. There's only one guy that's really motivated, and it's Paul McCartney. Mm. He's, he's like driving it at that, and John Lennon comes in, and he's possibly under the influence in you know, the first couple of days, <laughs> and he's kind of along for the ride, not too enthusiastic. And then as his back is to the wall – uh, you start seeing these guys producing and stuff like that, you know. But anyways, a lot of lessons to learn there. And, I, I mean, I've watched it now. I'm finishing the second time around, mm-hmm. and the music's in my head and everything like that. Awesome. So Let's check a, it out. If there's anything that came out in 2021, that was great. It was that. It was that, so.
1: you So got to watch that.
0: So talking about uh, creativity uh, and analysis and our ability to think analytically, I am going to torture you once again. <laughs> With the case of called Maher versus Strawn. Yes. Right. And it's a, a 2021 published decision. Uh, if for those out there, uh, it's a case regarding spousal support. Maher, M-A-H-E-R. And pardon me if I'm not pronouncing that right. Strawn is S-T-R-A-W-N. So um, you read this decision. Can you set up the facts for us? Yeah,
1: sure. Sure. So it was a long-term marriage. The parties were married for about 18 years. And from the marriage, there were two minor children. Well, not minor, but there were two children. One of them at the time of trial was 18, and the second was 20. So mind you, this is a few years old. So at this point, they're both not minor Nowadays, children. Nowadays, if
0: they're watching this podcast, they're going, <laughs> that's ancient history. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so at this point, the wife brings a divorce action against you know the husband. The reason being there was some domestic violence. The husband was perpetrating domestic violence against the wife, and that led to breakdown in their relationship, obviously, so she filed for divorce. And
0: if you believe her side of the story, and there's no reason not to believe it, it was pretty severe domestic violence, right?
1: Yeah, it was ongoing. Um, At first, she was documenting it. I think it was like a Word document where she was typing up on this day this happened, and it became so frequent that she no longer needed to write anything down. It was just a recurring thing. At one point, I believe the son Uh, got in a physical altercation with with dad. So it was just an ongoing, uh, pretty physical... Pretty dysfunctional. Yes. Who's dad? Dad, so dad... Wow, this is pretty interesting. So at the time of the divorce, he was about 60 years old, and he had a PhD in biochemistry, and he was a lawyer. So he used to work as a patent attorney, but at some point he started uh, his own practice. Okay,
0: wait so at some point this guy was riding high
1: oh yeah when he was a patent attorney he was the primary breadwinner he was earning about two hundred thousand dollars and
0: this was back in like the year back in
1: uh, 2004.
0: okay so we got some guy that's at the top of the food chain he's a brainiac uh and he's in a very noble profession applying both his uh science skills and his legal acumen and he's riding high
1: earning high salary they're purchasing million dollar home um so at one point he branches off to become a sole practitioner he's still earning six figures uh, all of a sudden in 2008 he s- decides to stop working due to health oh. issues <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, you know he's claiming uh, anxiety, depression, I can't sleep I just can't work anymore So does it become a house hobby? mm um, kind of becomes a hoarder and oh no actually he starts working at a high school as a track. Coach, earning a thousand dollars a year.
0: (laughs) You know what? It's taken him all that education and life experience to realize what's important in life, right? (laughs) A part-time job, okay, and not the domestic violence. I mean, that's horrible. So he's still committing this domestic violence during this time, I presume, as well. During the marriage, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: So let's talk about wife.
0: (laughs) Well, there's some other things about uh, hubby's. Okay, so so we'll get into that a little bit later, some of the problems with him. But go ahead, talk about wife. Yeah. Okay,
1: so wife is also highly educated, high earner. She holds a PhD and since two thousand four she's been employed by a pharmaceutical company. And she's making twenty eight thousand dollars a month. So a year that's about three thirty six thousand a year, three hundred and thirty six thousand. So pretty high earner as well, but she continues working throughout the Early
0: on, she was not the working parent, right? I mean, so, he was, and then
1: yeah. So at the beginning of the beginning years of the marriage, he was the primary.
0: Earner. Let, let me ask you this: Do you find it just a tad bit suspicious that right when her career starts picking up, that he starts laying on the couch and deciding that he wants to give up working as a lawyer?
1: Definitely. I mean, how does he go from being a <laughs> patent attorney to I can't work at all? I'm going to do part time coaching, field and track. It's a little questionable. Okay. Which the court also found a little questionable.
0: (laughs) So what's next in the case?
1: So they, you know, they start engaging in the divorce. She files for divorce. And as a temporary support order, the trial court orders wife to pay temporary spousal support to husband in about $6,000 a month. That's a pretty high amount. Yeah,
0: yeah. If you, with that, with his thousand dollars a month as a coach, I mean, he could live.
1: Right, I think he's fine. So at that point, um, he had moved out of the home. There was actually a finding of domestic violence in family court, so there was a restraining order in place, and he did move out of the home to an apartment. Mm. And I believe it was very minimal monthly expenses. Uh, He states that his apartment, the water wasn't working, the microwave wasn't working, nothing was working. Everything was inoperable. But he was too embarrassed. I'm I'm starting
0: to get a tear in my eye. Yeah, me
1: too. I felt a little bad for him. But he was too embarrassed to have uh, maintenance workers come into the apartment because it was just squalor
0: in the apartment. He he claims he has PTSD. Right. I didn't understand what, what that was from.
1: I don't, I, it didn't really get into that okay. either, um, but,
0: but yeah. But he's got so much of a PTS disorder that it causes him some social problems. Right, What, he is, has, what does he say about a social problem?
1: Um, he has social anxiety, he can't be in large groups, he God. can't He, he can't socialize. A, just,
0: a, just a shell of the man he used to be, mm-hmm. okay.
1: That's his position. <laughs> so um, at that point, the parties engaged in a five-day trial. And it's multiple issues, but one of the main issues was spousal support. And husband's requesting support, claiming he, you know, he has a need for support. She has the ability to pay. He can't work anymore. He has severe depression, sleep apnea, insomnia. He cannot maintain a full-time job. <laughs> and uh, his anxiety problems won't allow him to be in large crowds. There's just no way he can leave his house.
0: Does he does he introduce any evidence in support of that?
1: He had his own expert testify, but the court found that the expert was mostly advocating for him. There wasn't any actual evidence of his inability to work. Um, so on cross, uh, he actually admits. You know, I've actually traveled to Las Vegas a few years ago. I, you know, I was at an indoor rock concert. Actually, I've been to a few concerts. Wait, 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 wait! <laughs>
0: Did, didn't this guy say he can't be with? large crowds yeah and he's in a rock concert he has to
1: force himself to socialize but he's regularly attending concerts um he's been to the house of blues you know he's he's actually has a pretty active social life um but also he testifies that on a nightly basis he's drinking about three to four glasses of wine Just uh-huh. you know kind of uh you know medicating with some Valium, um and that's why he can only work part-time at a high school as a track coach.
0: Now, this raises a very interesting issue. It has nothing to do with this case, I don't think. I, I don't know. But, you know, I've represented a few people that have had substance abuse problems. One of the cases that I had was in a, a former attorney. <laughs> and, uh, you know, without mentioning names, this guy told me, he said, you know, um, you know I've got a problem I, with the drugs, and I can't work. I'm not functioning anymore. I used to be really, really successful. Mm-hmm. And the drugs kind of got me there, but then they took me down as well. So, so the issue was spousal support. We go in the court, and I make that argument to the court. Hey, my man's just a shell of what he used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't say that he's got the ability to earn like he, you know, at all. And the judge turned to me and says, Mr. Schweitzer, that's one of the most interesting arguments I've ever <laughs> heard somebody make on behalf of their client. <laughs> <That'd be> creative. <laughs> but, I mean, what do you think about that issue? I mean, because they're supposed to look at ability to earn, right? Right. Okay. Now, I'm not advocating – alcoholism or drug dependency or anything like that. But if we truly buy into it as being a disease, right, if somebody's an alcoholic, can you use that against them to say, well, you should be working instead of drinking?
1: So I think that's difficult, right? Uh I think an alcoholic does suffer a harder time being able to maintain the daily activities of work and, you know, especially an attorney, speaking to clients, responding to emails. However, I think that there are steps that someone can take to address that problem. Um, and I think the court even said here in this case, uh, it's not forever. It's not a long-term thing that eventually he will improve.
0: He, he's got a path. He yeah. Could, he could get better if he, he only He can get if better he if he tries. That's okay. exactly
1: what the court said. Okay. Um, so th- I think that's applicable in this case, right? Like he, I think the the court even said if he were to— Force himself to go to sleep earlier, he could wake up on time to go to a full time job.
0: (laughs) Imagine that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, So, you know, obviously, wife doesn't want to pay a high amount in spousal support. I mean, come on, like, this is a marriage where he uh, physically abused her. There's a finding of domestic violence. She shouldn't be paying him support, anyways, if the court's going to consider that as one of the factors.
0: Stephanie, if there's one lesson that I've learned, (laughs) you know what I'm going to (laughs) say. Women don't like paying spousal support no. any more than men do. No, no right. one wants to pay
1: spousal support. <laughs> Especially when your ex was an attorney making six figures, right? Right. So uh, she, that's what she raises. She raises, hey, by the way, does everyone just forget the fact that he abused me? Like, come on, what's going on here? Um, in 2016, actually, the family court issued the domestic violence restraining order against husband. And so another interesting argument that she makes is... Maybe the court should consider my expenses. I'm paying almost thirty five thousand dollars a year for my son's college education. Like that should be something the court considers in issuing an equitable like spousal support award. Um, and also my daughter's gonna go to college soon, so I'm gonna be paying that tuition as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that this is kind of really the crux of the case, mm-hmm. right? So let's we could slow it down a little bit here. and just for our audience, Um, when you're looking at post-judgment spousal support, right, not temporary spousal Mm -hmm. support where we just get into the calculation of the distal master, Mm -hmm. but we're looking at the family code. And there's some factors the court's supposed to consider. Could you talk about some of them?
1: Yeah, so the court is supposed to consider the family code 3420 factors, where it, you know, discusses both...
0: 4320.
1: 40, 40, Sorry, I'm a little dyslexic sometimes. <laughs> it's the uh, the party's incomes, um, their expenses, uh, balancing the hardships between the parties, you know, what? how much are they making, how much they have to pay, um, you know, what was the marital standard of living during the marriage. The assets. Assets, debts, you know, someone have to pay off a large credit card bill. And then the last factor is actually other... Equitable factors the court yeah. can consider
0: and, and domestic violence and then whatever is just equitable in the circumstances. So this case really, even though you've mentioned the domestic violence, we're really looking at that last the last subsection. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. J or whatever, but it's whatever is just inequitable in the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So let's let's again let's slow it down a little bit. This court is going to be looking at these factors in this situation. You got a wife that's earning over three hundred thousand dollars a year. You got a hubby that is. Laying on the couch, you know, because he's got a lot of depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, he's earning $1,000 a month. Okay, you know, all things being equal, he's going to get a lot of support. But yeah. she's saying, you know what, Judge? What's not fair here is, is that I am paying for the children's college education. Yeah. And I thought this was fascinating because you and I know that if we're talking about child support, the court cannot order her to pay the, uh, the college it can't order him either, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if she tries to get him to participate in that payment, uh, the court's going to say, no, I'm sorry, it's not part of the family code. Right. So when she's asking the court to consider that, isn't she asking the court to, in an indirect way, make him contribute to the uh, college education? Look, he's going to get less support so that I could pay for their college education.
1: So that's kind of what he tried arguing, that it was an indirect payment of adult child support which is not allowable under the family code but the appellate court was like no that doesn't really make sense we're not that's not what's happening here it's more looking into her expenses and her ability to pay spousal support and whether this particular expense is considered reasonable
0: yeah and I I think that the decision really, you know, talks about some expenses are reasonable, some aren't. I mean, you know, I, g- I guess each case is different, you know, but you're supposed to look at both both parties' expenses, stations in life, yeah. marital standard of living, and they touched on the fact that both of these people were highly educated, and education was a premium of this family, right? Yeah, it
1: actually spent quite some time talking about how in this day and age, college is very important. And especially when the parents are highly educated, it's almost expected, assumed that the children are also going to go to higher education, college, university, and that there needs to be a discussion about how that's going to be paid.
0: Really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, how do you know what's reasonable? I mean, your kid goes to Yale, or how about go down the street here to PCC, where yeah. education is practically free? Right. But turn the corner, and you're going to Caltech, one of the biggest universities or most expensive universities in the world. Yeah, uh, public
1: so education, private education. Okay. Are there scholarships? You know, um, financial is, aid. Is
0: this is this the escape valve for uh, high income people? I, I want to send my kid to Caltech, and uh, sorry, but you're not going to get spousal support.
1: I mean, the court kind of laid out a framework for what to consider. They Where laid were they? out there are about ten factors. Um, that trial courts should consider when this issue does arise in the future. Um, would you like me to go yeah, through them? Yeah. Okay. So so the relevant back- factors are not, you know, it's including but not limited to. So whether the supported spouse, if still living with the child, would have contributed toward the educational cost. The effect of the background, values, and goals of the parents on the reasonableness of a child's expectation of a higher education the amount expended.
0: But well, can we stop for there? So they are going to look at what the culture of the family yeah. is. Are the I parents mean,
1: educated?
0: And do they put a value on it? Right. Almost elitist in a way, but go ahead. I know. It's, I mean, it's, let's, just say, let's assume that, you know, uh, you got some immigrant family. You know, dad is a gardener. Mom is, you know, working as a housekeeper. Mm-hmm. But they want their kids to go to college. Yeah. Are they given the same uh, latitude here because their culture is different?
1: I don't. I don't. Like I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so the next factor is the supporting spouse's ability to pay that cost, the parent's respective financial resources, the commitment to and aptitude of the child for the education, the adult child's... Okay, wait, 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 wait.
0: <laughs> Your kid wants to go to UC Santa Barbara, right? Just squeaked in. We know that really. It's not that high academic. I mean... B pluses, B minuses, mm-hmm. nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lo- love this one because that kid's not, doesn't have the right mm-hmm. attitude.
1: Yeah. Or what if, right. Like what if parents, you know, kind of forcing them to go to Yale versus UCLA, which I'm assuming is way higher tuition. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is lots of wiggle room. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is kind of interesting, the adult child's financial
0: resources okay ability to get loans maybe
1: yeah maybe loan it says here the child's ability to earn income during the school year or on vacation the availability of financial aid and loans
0: maybe inheritance they get some grandma that
1: yeah maybe they have a huge college fund or something and then this one's pretty interesting the relationship of the education to the child's long-range career goals
0: okay i got a problem with that one (laughs) i don't know too many college kids that Enter a college and then come out with the same long-term goal. I think I was
1: undecided when I entered college, so, uh, who, yeah.
0: Who knew you'd be an attorney? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: So that's some sort of framework, factors to consider if, you know, this is an argument that's made in the future to lower spousal support obligation.
0: Yeah, a lot of good lessons to be learned from this case. I thought it was fascinating because it – talks about a lot of different components of a spousal support analysis. Yeah. So any attorney or even a, a person that doesn't practice law wants to understand some basics in how spousal support is dealt with in the state of California. This particular case is one. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. Uh, we talked about the 10 factors, uh, the reasonableness of an education. Um, we, I think we covered it. But I was I was really happy to see this. I have had so many cases where one parent takes care of the college afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, and it just it's and a lot of times it is the person that's also paying spousals apart mm-hmm. you know and, and here you know this is a recognition that this was kind of like a community obligation kind of I mean you guys during your marriage raise these kids, you put them on a, on a course to become educated mm-hmm. uh, the marriage doesn 't work, and suddenly you pull out you don't want to contribute to the right. to the college And yet you're screaming for spousal support. How does that work, right? Right. You know, uh, but I also think that it's kind of an indirect way of making people pay. I don't care what the court says. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless, unless you tell me something different, you know, it seems like that. But I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, I actually thought it was kind of fair in this situation. Yeah. Considering the amount she was paying for the college education. You know, husband wasn't really trying to do anything to improve his earning capacity or I mean the court did actually impute income to him based on minimum wage.
0: One thing you didn't talk about is that they stepped it down though.
1: Yes, there was a step down. So year one it was about four thousand, she would have to pay him four thousand in spousal support. Year two it was three thousand five hundred, and then year three, two thousand five hundred. And the reason for the step down is the court, you know, explained He's going to have time to improve his financial situation by either getting uh, a a teacher's credential, becoming he actually was a substitute teacher, but he didn't actually take on any jobs. So with you know additional time, he'd have the ability to work more and have a higher income.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. This is one of the steepest step down orders that I've ever seen in a published decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, they hadn't been he hadn't really been working since 2008. Yeah. And to step it down over just a three-year period to, hey, you're on your own, dude. Yeah. You know, that's that's pretty harsh. Yeah. You know, so cool. Great. Well, Stephanie, this was fantastic. I got a lot out of just listening to you talk about this. Awesome. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Don. Okay. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye, everyone.